Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I don't tell you this story because I think that everybody was lied to and anybody who took a vaccine is about to die. I tell you this story because there are people who tell you that you can't tell this story. And I'm not one of those people. I think we have to push back aggressively against those people. Push back aggressively against the people who say, you can't say anything that goes against someone getting vaccinated. All that we watched and witnessed during two years of nonsense, of fear-mongering. Fear was considered a virtue. Well, it led to absolute egregious abuses of free speech, of questioning what is acceptable on a platform, and created this moment where we have this this fool of a woman named Nina Jankowski who believes that she knows enough about misinformation, is such an expert that she can keep us all safe by letting us know what can and can't be said. And she's got a really snazzy voice. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet show. Disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. Remember, the people who oppose free speech are in favor of that. They're in favor of her having control over speech. They're in favor of comments of hers like this. Critical race theory has become one of those hot button issues that uh, the Republicans and and other, you know, disinformers um, who are engaged in disinformation for profit, frankly, there are plenty of, you know, media outlets that are making money off of this too, have have seized on. And I live in Virginia uh, and in Loudoun County, that's one of the areas um, where people have really honed in on this topic. People, you mean parents. You mean parents have really honed in on this topic. You mean parents are guilty of disinformation for discussing what's happening in their kids' schools. Yet here is Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, actively, proactively, willfully, wantingly defending this woman, defending these ideas, in front of Congress. The idea that a misinformation board is really and truly about the Russians or Russian hacking is laughable. But that's what Mayorkas tried to push upon the American people in his conversation with Senator Rand Paul. Tony Katz, that's me. Hey, how are you? Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. Uh, 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669. So uh, feel free uh, to call in. The story that I start with is the story of an MIT study. This is where we start, and then we'll get to where we end, where we are right now, because who knows if it's the actual end. It starts with an MIT study. The study is actually, I should take it back, not an MIT study. It was peer-reviewed by MIT researchers. 
because I believe the study came out of Israel, but I could have it wrong, was published in the National Journal Scientific Reports, or the Nature Journal Scientific Reports, and here's the study. COVID-19 vaccination was significantly associated with a 25% jump in emergency medical services for heart problems in 16 to 39-year-olds in Israel. So it was indeed an MIT study. It just, they were studying what took place in Israel. Got it now. I'd read that wrong a couple times, but I'm glad I got that right. But that wasn't the part that mattered. While not establishing causal relationships, the study finds, the finding raises concerns regarding vaccine-induced undetected severe cardiovascular side effects and underscore the already established causal relationship between vaccines and myocarditis, a frequent cause of unexpected cardiac arrest in young individuals. There's been conversations regarding vaccine and heart issues. And a tremendous number of those doctors, a tremendous number of those conversations were not allowed on social media. That was called misinformation. That was called uh, uh, leading people towards certain death. The same people who said if you were vaccinated, you were cured, you weren't gonna get COVID, you couldn't spread COVID, which were of course lies. A vaccine that's only 95% effective has a 5% chance that you're going to get COVID. And the idea that somehow if you had the vaccine, you couldn't spread COVID was so radically inept as to be believed. But there were a lot of people who believed what they wanted to believe, and they only wanted to keep you from saying anything opposite of them. They didn't want the free interchange of ideas and thoughts. They didn't want people sharing in conversation. They wanted one train of thought and one way of speaking. And just a few months ago, this very article, this very piece would not have been allowed on social media. And there'd be a question of whether or not I, as a radio host, was spreading disinformation. Of course, I'm not spreading disinformation. I'm sharing a story. Now, a story could be proven to be untrue. That is far different than spreading disinformation. I am sharing a story here about data that was put together by MIT researchers. This would have been considered unacceptable, verboten, just a couple of months ago. Thank goodness people like you and I were staying on this subject and demanding to be able to have open conversations. And I will tell you, as a radio host, never once did I have somebody say to me, oh, Tony, you can't say that. That, that has actually never happened in my career. I know that it's happened to others. No one ever said, hey, you got to be careful what you're putting out there. Me, I'm always careful what I'm putting out there. I'm checking, double-checking, and rechecking. There's a reason this show is so damn successful. It's because we do our homework. So when we're coming to you, you already know that we're doing that work. But even if I had just said it, the idea that there'd be people out there, oh, he's going to get people killed, which is what I was accused of by some when I was when all of this started, when COVID started, and I, I simply had tweeted out, you can't save society by stopping society. People still have to go out, bar, uh, businesses still have to be open, you can't shut things down. And when the response from the pseudo-intellectual set was, this guy's going to get people killed. People actually wrote that down and put it out there in social media and other places. I didn't get anybody killed. I honestly assessed the situation, which the fear mongers decided was unacceptable because it might actually encourage people to live their lives.
somehow that is a reckless thing. Is it reckless to note what the studies are showing? What people have talked about regarding vaccines and endocarditis and inflammation, or myocarditis, I should say, inflammation of the heart? I don't think it's reckless. I don't think it's reckless to note what a vaccine can do. I don't think it's reckless to note that people who have had the vaccine, according to doctors, anecdotally and in studies, much less uh, a severe infection and therefore have been able to survive COVID when COVID is the thing that was really getting to them. That is not, of course, to push aside the amount of people who have died of COVID because of comorbidities. Wait till we finally see that number. That number is going to be through the freaking roof, guys. That number is going to be more than half the cases of people who died of COVID. Actually, it's because of the comorbidity. And maybe if the White House, even under Trump, had been more worried about weight loss than they were uh, about fear-mongering, we'd be a lot better off. I shouldn't even say the White House. I should just argue political parties. That'd be better. So this study is what I start with. If they had just allowed these conversations without losing their minds, we wouldn't be at this place. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine. Or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain. They're laundering disinfo and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice or vote. And this is where we're at now. Which brings us to Senator Rand Paul and Secretary Mayorkas. Because Senator Rand Paul took the secretary to task. I I wouldn't shut him down. I wouldn't lecture him. I wouldn't put it on a government website that CNN's wrong for propagating disinformation. The problem you have is you're not even willing to admit. I mean, we can't even have an agreement on what the FBI said was disinformation. How do you propose that you're going to have an office of disinformation governance if you see the problem in even determining what is disinformation? Oh, Senator, because um, our work is not um, focused on disinformation writ large. Where we, the Department of Homeland Security, become involved is when there's a connectivity between disinformation and threats to the security of the homeland. Let me well, that's what the Russians in, might be considered that. In, you mentioned the Russians the other day when you tried to pivot away from this being about censorship. But let's say it is the Russians. I know you're not going to ever agree that the Steele dossier, which y'all spent so much money on, was disinformation. But it was, and the FBI concluded. But let's just say there's an imaginary disinformation. You've discovered tomorrow Russian disinformation that's going to hurt our national security. And CNN's broadcasting it. What are you going to do? Senator, let me... You're going to tell Putin you shouldn't do this. Senator, what are you going to do? Senator, let let me explain what we do in the Department of Homeland Security with respect to disinformation and, frankly, what we've been doing for nearly 10 years across different administrations. The cartels... The cartels propagate disinformation that Title 42 does not apply to a particular community of migrants, migrants from a particular country. How are they propagating this? If I may, through social media. And what we do through U.S. Customs and Border Protection is actually communicate via social media and other channels that that is false that we do apply Title 42. So let's say there's Russian disinformation as well. Are you going to take to social media and broadcast that people are broadcasting something incorrect about what do you think is Russian disinformation? Uh, Senator, let me emphasize... Well, you said the other day Russians, and now you're saying not so much the Russians, you're saying the cartels. No, I'm not. 
No, I'm not, Senator. You're, you're mischaracterizing well, my statement. Then what are you going to do if there's Russian disinformation? You're going to broadcast me, something on social media? Allow me to share when we become involved in the Department of Homeland Security. We become involved when disinformation poses a threat to the security of our country. It is when there's a connectivity to th a threat to our country. It could be a threat, a connectivity to violence. And what this, what this working group does, uh, what this working group does is precisely what I would think you would want it to do, which is to take a look at the work, the disinformation work that our department has done and ask the following questions. Do we have policies? Do we have guardrails? Do we have yeah, standards? But here's the problem. Ensure, we can't even... I mean, allow, allow me to get to the problem there, Senator Paul. The problem is, is that you're not applying this just to Russians and the Chinese Communist Party. I would have no problem if you were applying this to Russians and the Chinese Communist Party. I don't care if you limit their ability to talk. I don't care if you gag the sons bitches. Means nothing to me. They're not Americans. I don't care if we say communist Chinese uh, 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 affiliated people, members of the party, Chinese nationals, don't have free speech, right, speech, free speech rights in the United States. I would favor this. I do favor this. The problem is no one thinks that you're going after members of the Chinese Communist Party here in the United States or you're, you're fighting Russians trying to screw with an election. You're going to screw with Americans. The concept of this board is un-American from the word go. That's the problem. No one has any faith in you whatsoever, whatsoever, that you are going to be trusted. Because when we tried to have conversations in the past, people like you, meaning leadership, took us down. Said we weren't allowed to do that. Senator Paul, we can't even agree. We can't even agree what disinformation is. is you well, can't even agree that it was disinformation, that the Russians fed information to the Steele dossier. If you can't agree to that, how are we ever going to come to an agreement on what is disinformation so you can police it on social media? Senator, I have two points, if I may uh, finish. Um, uh, number one, that what this office, what the, I'm sorry, what this working group does, because it's not an office, what this working group does is ensure that there are guardrails, definitions, standards to make sure that the free speech rights, the civil rights, civil liberties, and privacy rights of individuals. So, are do, you not think, do you think COVID? Do you think COVID? Do you think COVID? Do you think COVID disinformation threatens our national security? And number two, if I may, Senator. And number two, is it your proposition that when the cartels spread disinformation with respect to our immigration policies to try to lure vulnerable migrants to our border illegally? I think you've got no idea what disinformation is, and I don't think the government's capable of it. Do you know who the greatest propagator of disinformation in the history of the world is? The U.S. government. Are you from? That's a hard one for some people to swallow.
But again, we're getting a little bit off the topic. Are we talking about stopping people who are trying to hurt the country or are we trying to, talking about stopping people who are citizens of the country? And I put forth to you that Nina Jankowicz is somebody interested in stopping the people who are citizens of the country because there she is very proudly, very clearly talking about the people, talking about critical race curriculum. Critical race theory has become one of those hot button issues that uh, the Republicans and, and other you know disinformers um, who are engaged in disinformation for profit, frankly, there are plenty of, you know, media outlets that are making money off of this too, have, have seized on. And I live in Virginia uh, and in Loudoun County, that's one of the areas um, where people have really honed in on this topic. Parents of students opposed to critical race curriculum and Republicans. Doesn't sound like the cartels to me. Speak freely, do it often, and do not vote for people who think government can actually provide an answer to this question. I'm Tony Katz. So I don't think there was any question about the idea that the only way this prisoner got out is because the guard was working with him and it was a it was a, a love relationship. A special relationship is how it's being described. You guys know this, right? Casey Cole White, um, extremely dangerous prisoner in Alabama, escaped. And then the next thing you know, the prison guard was nowhere to be found. And then you realize, oh, yeah, she uh, she had a thing for the. For, for the guy. These two were in phone contact for two years while the inmate was in uh, the custody of a, a correctional facility where uh, she worked, and they've got the video, and she opened the door for him, and out they went. They've changed cars. Like, they had a plan. They had a plan for, like, the most dangerous conjugal ever. They had, he was plotting his escape from the county jail uh, in, in late of 2020. He was going to take a hostage and break out. Meanwhile, she sold her house about a month prior to the escape. I mean, they Shawshanked Redemption this thing somewhere on a Mexico beach. She's there trying to fix a boat. He's showing up like red. Now that's not how it worked. They're the worst Bonnie and Clyde ever. I figure they'll be caught within the week. More to come. I'm Tony Katz. They can't stop attacking Elon Musk. I mean, this has just gotten weird. Weird on weird on weird, except perfectly, you know, predictable. Elon Musk was their guy. Electric cars, Tesla, sending people to space. Amazing. Wait, he's he's going to buy Twitter? Nope, nope, nope. That's ours to attack those people. Now he must be destroyed. Oh, now, now it's, it's all about the destruction. He's single-handedly guilty of apartheid. And now the story is Newsmax reporting 
Twitter SEC filing, Securities Exchange Commission filing, reveals concerns of losing staff after adver- and advertisers after Elon Musk purchase. So now there's a real issue. How is he? he doesn't have enough people. He doesn't have enough people maybe to work there, and that's a real, real problem. And, of course, they may lose some advertisers. Maybe this is why he is suggesting that people pay for the service. What I have said, me, I'm Tony Katz. How you doing? Call in 833-468-8669. I rarely talk to people. People always say, why don't you take more calls? I'm like, I don't know. I'm talking. But today I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood, producer. All right, let's make it happen. 833-GOTS-IT. Whatever you want to talk about. 833-468-8669. Would you pay for Twitter? There's a question. Because I've said yes, that if if Elon Musk takes control, and he's also said that he might be the temporary CEO uh, while uh, figuring out who should run this thing, uh, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to give it a shot like I gave Parler a shot, like I gave Getter a shot. And by the way, we should be clear, I think Getter does a pretty good job as a service. I think it's easy to use. I think it's easy to understand. I've been able to track conversations there. I have no problem with Getter. I think it works. Truth Social, I have no idea. When's the last time I was on Truth Social? I'll go to it right now. Here, oh, there it is. There's the big T. There's, oh, network failed. Please try again. <laughs> You're joking. I swear to God, that's exactly what it says. Oh, that's that's I not good. I don't lie. I don't lie about anything. Feed, network failed. Please try again. Now, it could be, you know, oh, there it is. Okay, I just need to do a quick uh, refresh right right there. So, So there it is. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's got some posts. Uh, a little Dinesh D'Souza. There's a little Dan Bongino right there. You know, I, all right, I, I can, I, I'll, I'll start posting. But if, as long as Elon Musk is going to follow through on the conversation of end of shadow bans and, and, and or as I see it, the end of shadow bans and the end of, uh, of blocking people from having a conversation and the end of this oppressiveness, I'm willing to give it a go, including willing to advertise on the platform. I've been willing to advertise on Facebook. Yeah, they won't even let me. It's a very weird thing going on with Facebook. So I'm making my, my moves there. But they feel that they're not going to have the advertisers. Why not? Why would a SEC filing say that its core advertising business could be at risk. I mean, just the advertising of Tesla and SpaceX alone on Twitter could take care of you. I mean, you're going to advertise somewhere. Might as well advertise in your own place. You're telling me that people are going to say because he owns it, we're not going to advertise there. It lets you know how these things work ideologically. And can we discuss the idea of advertisers leaving Twitter? According to some, we're not allowed to leave Disney, otherwise we're canceling them for their political speech, which is, of course, nonsense. Disney is allowed to say what it will. I don't have to financially support them. No company has to financially support Twitter. They put in the claim uh, that uh, it generates uh, the substantial majority of our revenue from advertising, and the loss of advertisers could substantially harm its business, We believe that our ability to compete effectively for advertiser spend depends upon many factors, including, quote, our reputation and the strength of our brand relative to our competitors, including advertisers' perceptions of the health and safety of our platform. 
Translation, without us keeping you from talking, well, the advertisers won't come, which means the advertisers have to come from a, from a, from a different place. That's all it means. The advertisers have to come from a different spot. So let's go about figuring that out. Let's go about ensuring that we get advertisers. I, I'd like to see what's going on. I don't think I've got the business that can advertise on Twitter uh, to any level of, of efficacy. But certainly I'm somebody who would pay attention to the idea. Without question, I'm somebody who would say, well, if you tell me uh, I pay for this service and I get this, this, and this, I can make a decision. I can be supportive. Let's go the other way with this conversation. You mean we shouldn't be supportive? In what world should we not be supportive of platforms that allow us to talk? When Last Man Standing was fighting for air, that's the uh, the show with um, Tim Allen. You know, Tim Allen. <clears throat> like that guy. I can't do it well. He does it better. <clears throat> that one. Uh, the question was, are people going to support it? Are they going to go to where that show is and support it? I think, I think did it go to Fox or did it, go, it was at ABC and then it went to Fox, right? I said, if, if you have a situation where people, it, it's going to move a networks, people want to keep this on the air, and then they don't watch, well, then people deserve what they get. I don't want to hear them complain again. You know what happened? They watched. They showed up and they watched. And the show stayed on the air for, I think, another two seasons. I think it's gone now. It might not be. They watched. And that's exactly what you have to do. Me, I'm willing, I'm willing to pay for Twitter. I am 150% absolutely willing to pay for Twitter. Especially if it'll help me uh, do more to get uh, content out there. And we should be clear that that the, the, the money backing Elon Musk is huge. Here, I've got the list. Binance, which is a crypto platform. $500 million. Lawrence J. Ellison Revocable Trust. And that would be uh, the owner of Oracle. A billion dollars. Sequoia Capital, huge VC fund, $800 million. He's got money behind them, kids. This should settle the question of whether or not they can run something here or whether they think that something has a value. It could be that they're just doing it because they believe in free speech and this is the way they're getting into it and this is what it costs to keep free speech going and running. Maybe. I think this is a serious commitment and I'm willing to help um, you know, with that, I, I would absolutely pay the two bucks, three bucks, five bucks a month if it meant I could easier get a message out as a business owner who 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 deals in content, and if I could get it out there, I would. T- maybe, maybe you wouldn't. There, his argument was was that people uh, who utilize it commercially and government users would have to pay. Casual users are always free, so I gotta think that for what I do, I'm a commercial user. I I do. I I just have to think. That that is the case. 
Then I came across this. Actually, it was our executive producer, Matt Hibbling, who came across this. Producer Ari, uh, I'm going to need you to grab some music. Because this is a list from, uh, was it Reader's Digest? And here is the headline. I'm telling you, I can't make this up. 11 popular songs you didn't realize are actually racist. That was not actually one of them. That's a headline in 2022. They're catchy and offensive. Putting words to music can lead to immortality. Unfortunately, not all sentiments expressed in songs deserve to live forever. Systemic racism has been known to work itself into music via lyrics that promote unflattering racial stereotypes and uphold the ideals of white supremacy by othering blacks, Asians, Latinos, Muslims, Native Americans, and various others, other historically marginalized groups. I actually have one of those songs right here. Elementary, my dear. Wait a second. That can't be right. Schoolhouse Rock. Elementary. No. No, that's not on the list. Here, maybe maybe it's this one. I don't. It it it, 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 was, it was all about coming together of different peoples. All right, there were some gangland killings, but still, Tony and Maria, they had a shot. Those crazy kids. So I'll take it away from them. Oh, here, here, this, here, straight up bigotry right here. From Television City in Hollywood. You can just feel the racism. Florida, the, the queen of the racists, and Michael, you know how militant he got. My goodness gracious. I could watch Good Times anytime, day or night. I love, love Good Times. But here, here is their list. These are 11 popular songs you didn't realize are actually racist, according to Reader's Digest. This is what happens when you've run out of ideas. This is just full of hate. Brown Sugar. Rolling Stones, 1971. Now, the problem with the article is that they call the song racist or is the song telling a story no no put it back up put it back up this is where it all falls apart if you've never heard the lyrics All right, put it on pause. The lyrics to this are Gold Coast slave ship bound for cotton fields, sold in a market down in New Orleans. Sky dog slaver knows he's doing all right. Hear him whip the women just around midnight, and then it's the, the chorus, brown sugar. How come you taste so good? Brown sugar just like a young girl should. Um, It's intense. It's not great. But the, you, I think I, w- without ever having looked at it in this in this lens, are we arguing that Mick Jagger's a racist? Or are we arguing that Mick Jagger was telling a story here about something horrible that happened? 
utilizing music to share a story. I'm not going to defend the indefensible. I'm going to say that it is very, very clear that it can be a discussion point about what was meant by the lyrics and that this piece doesn't even give that a go. As a matter of fact, it, it quotes some of, uh, of, of the lines. For anyone remaining an apologist for the greatest rock and roll band in the world, I challenge you to speak to the lyrics of Brown Sugar in its entirety aloud and irony-free before a diverse group of strangers. Go ahead, I dare you. That was from uh, music producer Ian Brennan to the Chicago Tribune in 2019. What was the artist trying to say? Isn't that the point of art? What a bunch of scumbags. Now, maybe the point of it was to celebrate the slave trade. You know what I'm doing? I'm doubting that one in a big-ass way. David Bowie's China Girl is on this list. I could escape this feeling with my China Girl. I feel a wreck without my little China Girl. I hear her heart beating loud as thunder. Saw the stars crashing. Is it the fact that he refers to her as China Girl? Could, could, could be. I mean, it's never been my favorite Bowie song. No, no, can you turn that off? Uh, but one of the lines is, uh, by Little China Girl, you shouldn't mess with me. I'll ruin everything you are. You know it. I'll give you television. I'll give you eyes of blue. I'll give you a man who wants to rule the world. You mean it's D- David Bowie, uh, who, who is married uh, to uh, uh, Iman, right? Um, uh, you, 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 you think he... Is is the racist here engaged in casual racism as opposed to maybe engaging a, a, a larger conversation? But what can I say about a list that has on it the Star Spangled Banner? There are conversations about the time period things come from. I agree with that. But when we are talking about artists... We'll put David Bowie in that category. What the hell? Hell, they've got Elton John on this list. They've got Genesis on this list. Should we be taking a look at what the artist intended before we write them off? Nope. Just easier to get clicks on a piece that says, see, music racist, everything racist, 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 racist. (laughs) Just easier to do that. I don't believe in taking the easy way out. Except for calling this a pretty nonsense list, but it did provide us great entertainment. So thanks for that, Reader's Digest. I'm Tony Katz.